You are listening to NFT Talk Show, where we put the T in NFT. I am your host, Tony Payne, and if you have ever wanted to know anything and everything, including all the juicy deets about NFTs, you are in the right place. So buckle up, get ready, and let's go. Welcome to the NFT Talk Show podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be meeting a fantastic artist in Web3. She is a photojournalist and a nature photographer based in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And she is here with us today to talk to us about her journey into Web3 and how it has been working (laughs) with NFTs. Um, You know how I say, I'm like, the world of NFTs moves a million miles per minute and navigating that space can be very, very interesting for lack of a better word. So yes, we're going to be talking to her today about um, her journey in NFTs, what she's up to, her art, and um, just getting to know her better. So um, welcome to the show, um, Meladora. How are you? Hello, Tony. I'm fine. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Yes, uh, my pleasure. It is absolutely my pleasure. So Melodora, you're a photojournalist and a nature photographer. First of all, the fact that you're based in Argentina is such a is so cool to me because it just shows you how um, diverse Web3 is. I'm in Los Angeles, you're in Argentina, and we are here today having this conversation um, and united in one thing, which is, you know, Web3. And I feel like that is absolutely um, amazing. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your start in Web3? How did you um, get into Web3 and find out about NFTs? Well, I started uh, about a year ago Mm -hmm. uh, when a very good friend of mine told me about it. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know the word NFT existed. (laughs) And he he told me that I should do it because my my pictures were good. So, uh, and I said, well, okay, let's try. Uh, I started in uh, on Tesos, the Tesos ecosystem, mm-hmm. and he gave me everything I needed to start, and it has been great. Yes, I never imagined to meet so many people, uh, as you said, from different parts of the world. Is incredible. Never in my life had I experienced something like this before. It's great. It has been great. I, b- I believe that has that is absolutely one of the beauties of um, Web3 is the fact that you can meet so many people from so many different places and you share a common interest, which is the love for art. Um, and we're going to talk about your art because you have a very unique art style that I would really like to um you know, talk about. But before we get into that, um, I wanted to know, like, what has what has it been like um, being in Web3? What are the some of the things that you have enjoyed most? And what are some of the challenges that you have um, faced? Um, What I've enjoyed most is uh, meeting people, what we were talking before. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've met a a lot of lovely people that has helped me a lot. And that is great broadens your horizons in a way that is incredible i think that is the best part and also being able to uh, 
basically sell my pictures. I mean, I am a photojournalist and I do sell my pictures, mm-hmm. but this is different because it's it's freer. You can create whatever you want and you don't have anyone telling you, no, this, this is going to be published. This is not going to be published. Uh, you can choose what you want to show and what you want to express. And that is also beautiful. That is great. Absolutely. I I love that. Um, I know you and I connected because of your love for nature photography. Um, I am also a lover of nature photography, but um, you also do human right work, right? There is a collection of yours called, um, is it Nunca Mas? The Fight for Human Rights in Argentina? Yes, exactly. Do you want to tell Uh, us a little bit about that? Well, that is uh, the work I did as a photojournalist. I mm-hmm. chose uh, from my from my work uh, the most iconic or important pieces for me to do that collection. And it's a very complicated topic, in fact, because in the 70s there was a, a very terrible dictatorship here in Argentina Mm -hmm. and the consequences of that dictatorship that killed thousands of people are still here today with us. People are still trying to recover from that and Mm -hmm. that uh, uh, collection shows that how present this is. Although many years have passed, this is part of of our country, of our Uh, identity Mm -hmm. and every year there are protests to remember the people that were killed during that dictatorship and to uh, continue fighting for human rights the human rights that are still violated today Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah I I feel it's, it's important as a photojournalist and as a nature photographer too um, what I try to do is to show what is, uh, in my opinion, underrepresented in the mass media, mm-hmm. uh, topics that I believe are very important and should be known everywhere. This is my humble opinion, of course. Are, they are important for me. And um, this is what I want to show. Uh I want to show the world what happened here in Argentina, Mm -hmm. what is happening right now, and what is happening also with nature, because we have a very big problem with that, too. Absolutely. All over the world, especially. um, I mean, you can see the signs of it, you know, um, with climate change and the weather and just um, how things are just kind of moving across um, all over the world. Um, talking about your collection, there is a particular, or talking about this particular collection, there is a particular piece in that collection that really stood out to me. And I wanted to discuss that piece with you. And then we're going to go into like the nature, (laughs) the the more intricate nature stuff. Um, And the piece, I know it's on Tezos. um, It's called Imprisonment of a Mother. It's such a powerful piece. Um, Could you kind of shed some light about that for us? 
Yes, that was uh, taken during one of these uh, protests uh, mm -hmm. in which people remember the, the disappeared, we called the people that were abducted and killed by the armed forces during that dictatorship, the Los Desaparecidos, the disappeared. Mm -hmm. And among the people that were um, taken by the armed forces, uh, there were mothers too, of course, and mothers, uh, many of them had their children uh, in, in prison, in these kinds of uh, prisons that they were, that were totally illegal, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, these children were taken, taken by, by the, the armed forces too. Wow. And today they, yes. And given to other families. Oh, wow. Uh, so... Uh, when I said that today we are living the consequences of that dictatorship, I mean this. There are people who still don't know their uh, real origins because they were those babies who were abducted and taken from their mothers uh, during that time, that horrible time of our history. So there is a, an organization called Abuelas de Plaza de Mayo, Grandmothers of Plaza de Mayo. Plaza de Mayo is an iconic place here where the, the house of government is. Mm -hmm. um, and they are still today looking for those uh, babies, which are, of course, who are right now adults, uh, to restore their identity. So that specific organization does that. And the picture itself is a representation of that because there were a group of actors during this protest that represented that moment of the, the pregnant mother being mm -hmm. tortured, being taken by, by the armed forces. And I took that picture in that moment. And I thought that was uh, strong. I, I, <laughs> I understand. It, it, it is a powerful piece, especially, um, you know, it's not every day you see a pregnant woman in shackles um, and you captured it so beautifully. Um, and, you know, just looking at it made you think, what is the bigger story behind it? And hearing you hearing you talk about it is even wow. Um, I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> I am truly speechless. I almost emotional. Um, just listening. Yes, it's difficult to transmit all, all of these in a few minutes because the, the, the history behind this, the history of our country has a lot of uh, details, a lot of stuff that if you are not from here, you may yeah. not understand. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to sum, sum up as, uh, as well as I can. <laughs> uh, but... Um, it's difficult, but uh, you all need to know that this is a very present issue in our society and that this is, of course, very emotional and very touching for many of us, if not for all of us. Absolutely. And this is also one of the very, you know, the importance of photography. Um, I always, I mean, not to be biased because I'm a photographer as well, but I say photography is probably it is one of the most important art forms because it captures and just it captures history as is you know when you take a photo there there's no 
if what's it may be about it, this is exactly what it is um, in that moment. And it freezes these moments in time for, you know, us to go look back and be like, this is what happened in X, Y, Z to tell these stories of our history. Um, and just, you did it very, very beautifully. Um, and I just wanted to commend you for that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. And Absolutely. I love <laughs> and documentary photography, of course, is um, beautiful. I, I I don't have words for it because yeah. you feel it when you are behind the camera. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, I I I totally um understand because I I do a lot of um I do documentary as well, and I always say like you know, it's there is no words for it, right? It's it's like you just have to look at the visuals and understand um you know understand the story, um but yeah, so we you have a very unique approach to your nature photography. And I want to talk about that. Um, you have several collections out on Tezos, but you are also part of um, a world that I am curating called Floral World. And um, your images stood out to me because, you know, they were just different. You're like, if I saw your work somewhere and I you know, didn't know there was no name, no tag attached. I would know it was you. Um, you have a very, very unique approach to your nature photography. And I want to talk about that. Um, what is your process? What is when you do nature photography, especially things like your, um, is it nativa or nativa? Uh, in Spanish, it is nativa. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm like, do I do the English or do I? Okay, nativa. Okay, perfect. Um, what is your process like? If we look at your nativa two collection, for instance, it's very similar to what you have in Floral World, which is obviously you know I love all the pieces in Floral World, and it's also one of my favorite pieces in Floral World. Um, what is your process for your photography or your nature photography? Uh, First, I have to start with the concept behind it because okay. I call it nativa for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I talk a lot about native vegetation because I believe it is very, very important to understand the, well, I will repeat importance, but okay. Uh, the mm -hmm. importance of native vegetation. <laughs> As you know, English is not my native. No, you're, do you're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> and I'm nervous, so uh, this is what I can do. Okay. Um, I, I speak English all the time, but I word salad 90% of the time. Like, I always say my thoughts come out like, a, a bowl of salad <laughs> it makes sense <laughs> in my head but when they come out it's like wait what did I just say <laughs> so don't worry you're probably doing better than me <laughs> okay I don't think so but thank you you're being very nice uh, you're uh, doing great trust me <laughs> okay yes okay native vegetation mm -hmm. uh, it's very important because um for example, the, the, the image in the floral world, yes, uh, that, that is a plant that here is regarded as an unwanted weed. Uh, it is um, cut, uh, I mean, and in houses everywhere and replaced 
for example, in a garden, that would be replaced with a more showy, exotic uh, plant that you can buy somewhere instead of appreciating the beauty of uh, our native vegetation. And why mm -hmm. I am so obsessed, because I'm going to use this word, obsessed <laughs> with <laughs> native vegetation, because it's the... the they are the plants that support biodiversity. For example, uh, uh, let's take butterflies. Everybody likes butterflies. Yes. Uh, and uh, usually butterflies, uh, they lay their eggs on a certain species of plant. They oh, yes, they do. <laughs> so those plants are usually native plants from the place where these butterflies also belong. Native means not put there by human beings, mm -hmm. but they naturally grow there and they were not introduced by human beings. And if you cut the plant, if you destroy the plant, then the butterfly cannot exist, cannot reproduce, cannot live. Yes. Uh, this same thing happens with a lot of other animals, with birds, with a lot of insects, uh, they depend on native vegetation. Native vegetation is the one supporting the biodiversity of the different areas. And uh, what I want to show with my pictures is that the native vegetation of my area, of course, I can talk about my place, mm -hmm. um, should be valued more, that we should not regard it as weed or unwanted weed, that we should take care of it, that we should protect it in our homes mm -hmm. and everywhere. This particular picture was taken in a nature reserve, but uh, this plant can be seen everywhere. And I see that it is always destroyed. Uh, mm -hmm. It is not regarded as, as a beautiful plant. And I want to show that it is beautiful. It really it is. is. It's it's gorgeous. Um, I don't know why they would want to like... I mean, um, well, I'm sure whoever's listening right now, um, you'll check out Floral World and go look at the plant she's talking about. It is absolutely gorgeous. And I wouldn't even have guessed that it's a weed because <laughs> it just looks like a really beautiful flower. Um, and what is it called? Uh, yes. It's called, I know I'm going to, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. Um, it's Sal, Salpichora. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, that is the scientific name, in fact. Oh, okay. Well, I see. I told you. I <laughs> in Spanish, we call it huevito de gallo. Got it. Okay. So sapichora. So I don't know why I almost wanted to pronounce it in, in Spanish. Sapichora. And in English, it is uh, Pampas Lily of the Valley. Maybe that is simpler. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Salpichora is easier. That that was a little longer. <laughs> okay. It's such it's uh, such a huge discovery, isn't it? Like, there are so many plants that we don't, I mean, well, native to your place that probably doesn't exist in our place, and we just don't know that they exist. And I feel like documenting um, flora and fauna is so important because a lot of times we don't know that this exists in a certain region. And when you have, um, you know, documentary photographers that document these things, it's so important for learning because, I mean, just looking at your um, art, I've learned, you know, well, speaking to you, one, I've learned some new things and 
two, looking at your art, I've learned some new things, just reading the descriptions, um, like verb, verb, verbena. Oh God, I just butchering words today. Um, verbena, we have something similar to this plant in um, Los Angeles. I, I'm pretty sure it's probably slightly different, but I'm pretty also sure I've seen it before. So there will be some things that we do have in common um, and some things that, you know, absolutely we don't have in common. For instance, like the South Beach, I don't think I've ever seen that um, anywhere around here. But now that I, I will start looking out for it. <laughs> I will tell you a secret because that flower is maybe less that, than one centimeter uh, long. <laughs> oh, got small. it. Okay. <laughs> That's, That's the why. power of macro photography, right? <laughs> yes. So you have That's this. Maybe you have this. Um, go ahead. People don't see it as a beautiful flower or whatever because uh, people usually look for bigger flowers. I bigger flowers, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. When I do my photography, people are like, what flower is that? And I say, they're like, wait, how did it get so big? <laughs> like, that is the power of macro photography. <laughs> yeah. um, you have this too. whimsical approach um, to your work. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Um, I have a what? Sorry. A whimsical, like a, almost like fairy tale like approach. Like when I look at your, images oh, yes. it looks really fairy tale like um like the style the way the um i i'm not sure if it's like i'm not sure if it's double exposure or what is the what is the way that you um captured this images because there's definitely a unique style in there in the the last image the one we were talking about and the one that is in the rural world uh, that is double exposure Okay. In my previous, in my previous um, collections that you mentioned, Nativa and Nativa Two, uh -huh. uh, that was single exposure. That single exposure. Okay. Exposure. So, okay, that's what it is. It's beautiful. It's it's well captured. Um, and if you're listening, you need to check out Meladora. Her work is absolutely amazing. Um. But yeah, so we're glad to have you in Floral World, by the way. <laughs> it's Thank been you. it's been an interesting um, you know, it's been an interesting journey just trying to get, you know, still life art and just the genre of nature and floral photography seen and heard in web three. And I just believe like it's such an important genre that we we just gotta keep pushing um till and make people listen. <laughs> you know, till they can't yes. ignore that it's there and it's, um, it's important and just, it's important for the whole ecosystem generally, right. Um, documenting and, you know, showcasing and, and collecting because when you collect art, you support the artists that are creating these artworks and documenting these artworks and giving them the opportunity to do more. Um, because that's what collecting does, right? Just supports the artists and gives them the ability to create more art um, documenting these things. So, um, Milador, um last question. Um, I've had such an amazing time with you so far, and I wish you could do this all day. But what is the future for you in Web3? What do you see yourself, um, two parts of this question, where do you see yourself a year from now? And where do you see yourself five years from now? 
okay, I see myself doing what I do mm -hmm. and trying to, I don't know, uh, I just want to do photography and uh, try to uh, get uh, noticed and that uh, everybody sees these topics that for me are very important. And uh, I mean, I'm not planning on being rich and famous or anything, which are things that sometimes we hear on Web3. I just want to do what I love to do, which is photography, and to share that to the world. And of course, uh, have sales and everything. But uh -huh. what is important to me is to continue doing this because I, I enjoy it uh, a lot, really. It's uh, like something that... Uh, gives you freedom, as I said before. It's yeah, it's excellent. I I plan to grow more, to get to know more people, and make more connections. And that's all. I, I don't know. I just want to continue doing things that make me happy with other people who are also happy doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I said that was the last question, but I lied. Um, <laughs> if there was one can I, can advice. <laughs> you said what? Can I say something? Yes, go ahead. Sure. Before, please don't forget what you're, you were going to say. No, I won't forget. Uh, I won't forget. <laughs> I, I wanted to tell you that I found very interesting what you said about uh, documenting and the importance of showing people um, the, the biodiversity of mm -hmm. different places. I think that is uh, very, very important and it is what moves me to, to, to do this. And maybe how I started to do native, uh, nature photography. Because yeah. uh, when I talked about the environment, I have been involved in... Um, trying to protect the wetlands here in the, the province of Buenos Aires that are being threatened and are being destroyed. And I started taking pictures of birds and showing them to people, like Beautiful. doing like very small, um, uh, how do you say, well, showing the pictures to people in parks and everywhere. And they were very surprised to know that those animals lived here near their homes. Uh, they couldn't believe the colors, the different shapes. They couldn't believe that they have never seen them. So uh, for me, my nature photography was also uh, a way of, of showing that and to... Um, spreading consciousness about the yeah. importance of preserving that and it's it's incredible when you show people and they say well this is this animal lives here i mean that is amazing yeah and um that is what also keeps me going so that was all <laughs> <laughs> i almost feel like that makes us also some somewhat of an educator right um, because you spark curiosity in people oh, like, wow, this actually exists here. Um, like we're, we're knowledge spreaders. <laughs> yes, we are. I am a teacher also. <laughs> oh, you're okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also a photographer and I teach through my photography too. If you look at my descriptions, they are like 
uh, horrible for us because they, they no, your descriptions are thorough. Like I go through your descriptions and they're so thorough. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm I'm an attention to detail person, so I enjoy like I enjoy it. Like, okay, this is what it is. Um, and speaking of birds, just you know, by the way, I love your La Danza collection. I'm a like if I had a, I would say if I had a spirit animal, it would be a hummingbird. Um, and your La Danza collection is absolutely gorgeous. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. I love it. Thank you. Yes, those uh, were at home <laughs> because they visit uh, my home every year. Uh, also because of the native plants that I have here and they love uh, to feed on them and they come every year. So when I was, um, uh, this was during lockdown, I believe, mm -hmm. I couldn't go out. So I did it at home and I took those pictures and yes, hummingbirds are beautiful. Wow, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. Um, it's amazing. I, I, I'm looking at some of the images right now and they're, they're so nice. <laughs> they're absolutely gorgeous. So, um, yeah, the, and I didn't forget the last question. <laughs> like, wait, is she going to forget? No, I didn't forget. <laughs> so um, the last question that I wanted to, well, it's more of not, it's not even a question, actually. It's more of a statement. If there, oh, it, it is a question. I take that back. If there is one piece of advice you would give to an artist listening right now that is considering Web3 and the NFT space, what would be that one advice? Oh, that is so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I always got to do the hot seat questions. Like, you know, we can do, because your art's so beautiful, it'd be easy to talk about. Let's do the hot seat question. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know if I'm the one to give advice to anyone, but I would say... Uh, I would go with do what you love because sometimes we see that a certain style of art or a certain type of art sells mm -hmm. more and uh, you may be tempted to change completely and do stuff yes. that you don't really like. Um, I think that this should be enjoyed. <laughs> uh, so my advice would be do what you love and i hope people will notice that that you do what you do with all your heart and that you love uh, doing it but maybe it's a very bad piece of advice i'm not sure it is beautiful <laughs> that is actually beautiful advice and i i, I co-sign that advice it's beautiful advice do what you love because at the end of the day um that's what's going to make you truly happy Great advice. Great advice. Um, and if they want to find you, how can they find you, um, Elador? They can find me on Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> uh, where else? Well, it, just look for Melodora Art on Twitter. On Instagram, the same. Uh, on Object and now on Foundation and in the Flora world. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and for anyone wondering how to spell Melodora, it's M-E-L-L-O-D-O-R-A art, right? Um, Melodora art. Um, one word. <laughs> 
So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it was really a pleasure speaking with you. And I really look forward to seeing more of your work in floral world. And I really hope that your work resonates with um, everyone that sees it as much as it resonated with me. Thank you, Tony. And it's uh, really an honor because I, I love your work. Thank you. <laughs> you're an incredible photographer and you Thank have you. an amazing control of light, uh, which is outstanding. <laughs> Thank you. And, and so, yeah, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm blushing now. <laughs> uh, I'm very flattered that you're saying good things about my work because you're great. <laughs> And you are too. You're absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> All righty. Um, so that is going to be it for today's episode of the NFT Talk Show podcast. Do not forget to check out Melodora's work. Um, you can find her at Melodora Art. And if you have not subscribed, do not forget to subscribe to the NFT Talk Show podcast. And do not forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell everybody to listen to the NFT Talk Show podcast. We are going to be doing movers and shakers in Web3. Who are the movers and shakers of Web3? Tune in to find out through the month of April. It's going to be enlightening is the word I should use. It's going to be enlightening. Tony word salad here. <laughs> All right. So that's it for this episode. Do not forget Laurel world is going to be on foundation. Um, you know, it's, it features 21 amazing artists that use flora in their art and, um, just, you know, take some time to check it out. Tell a friend to tell a friend. <laughs> I love saying tell a friend to check it out. Um, spread the word. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing that these artists are doing. And I am also included. Of course, I'm curating. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, don't forget to tune in again for this episode and the next episode. This is me, Tony Payne, signing out. You know what it is. I will catch you on the blockchain. Bye.